Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Ready to Lead. I am super excited about today's conversation. I just got back from one of my my first business trips in a very long time. We had our mastermind, the War Room Mastermind in Orange County, where about 150 business uh, leaders, entrepreneurs, founders, executives gathered. And, and I'll tell you, there was a recurring theme that I have felt uh, a lot over the past month to six weeks. It was validating to hear that I'm not alone. And I'm guessing uh, that based on the number of people that are feeling it and, and, and knowing it here that that you're also probably feeling it. So what we're going to break down today is, is kind of leading through external forces and distractions. So I know that one of the hardest things to do is to account for external forces, right? For how, how things are, are showing up in other aspects of the world or your life or the, the pet project or the key initiative of, of the board or your boss or your employee. So we're gonna break down what it looks like on today's episode when uh, you're having to lead through these external factors, these external forces and the distractions and still show up, still lead powerfully. So I'll open up by sharing kind of a little bit of my my last 10 days. So over the last 10 days, I've had every refrigerator in my home go out, <laughs> multiple AC units go out, the back fence fall down, had a child tested for COVID like three times, had uh, my wife's car break down, my car break down, and cancel uh, one of our first trips. And that was in 10 days just at home. Now, I still had to come to work every day. I still had to lead my team. I still had to show up to a mastermind and lead uh, powerfully there and, and support and serve. So for me, I'm very much in the thick of this. How do I show up when there are external forces and 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 really maintain my energy? Now, my external force right now is there's a lot of crap going on at home and there's a lot of money going out the door. And I can I have to be very, very careful not to bring that here and inappropriately drive things that would generate revenue for me right now as quickly as humanly possible that may not be in line with the company or push my people because I'm feeling the strain of money going out the door. Uh, or here's another one, complain about money going out the door to people who probably make less of it than I do. So. For me, this is a very real, raw, and, and potentially another therapy session that, that you get to kind of watch live. So that's what's going on with me. And that's where I'm going to be kind of viewing this as, as through the lens of like a listener. Jeff, are you? what are you hearing with your coaching clients? I mean, is this theme out there too? I know, like I said, I, I spoke to almost 150 different business owners and leaders and executives, and everyone is feeling this whether it's because of Facebook or because of employees traveling or because of them wanting to travel or them not wanting to travel, all of the factors, good, bad, right, wrong. Are, are you getting the same story? 100%. It's totally a theme. It's a, it's, it's a recurring theme that keeps coming up. And just as quickly as leaders feel like they've got a, a new distraction comes or a new external force rears its head. And so what I've been doing in my coaching recently in the last couple months, in particular the last couple of weeks, is helping ground CEOs in 
helpful practices and habits that enable them to be the leader of their lives and be the owner of the circumstances versus letting circumstances and outside forces. So we'll get to that toward the end of, of what, what are some practical actions that we can take? What are some habits we can start to get into to ensure that our mindset's in a great place and that these distractions and external forces don't totally consume us? But I mean, here's a quick story. So one of my clients, venture back company, they raised about 30 million and which, which can be great. It can be, it can be fun. It can be exciting. It's, it's a very validating point. There was a liquidity event as well for some, which was, which was fun. But when capital comes in, especially external capital, increased pressure can naturally occur, especially if your investors have a liquidity event that they're eyeing within a short horizon. That, that only exacerbates the stress and the pressure. And so as we've been coaching the last several months through growing the business, through growing his own personal leadership and his mindset, I've been sensing from him a bit of a subconscious, well, I'm kind of throwing up my hands and my board members are kind of the one leading what's happening because they now have majority, majority they don't have majority ownership, but they have veto rights on certain things. And so being a founder from before of having full autonomy to now and bootstrapping to now having 30 million of someone else's capital and they have voting rights, it tweaked his brain. And what happened is subtly there were things occurring in the business that were no longer happening. For example, a, a employee appreciation activities and events and thoughtful gifts for when a new baby was born or a new home was purchased, housewarming gifts. Because there are financial covenants now with the investor, there were certain things that were just scrapped from the business because all in, in, in service of the financial goals. And what was happening is slowly but surely over time, the soul of the company was getting sucked away. And it, it required some external conversations to get internally to say what, what's happening. And we literally on Zoom shook each other by the shoulders and said, dude, wake up. Whose company is this? And we had to learn there's a moment where external forces, they're real, they're legitimate. I don't want to minimize them at all. But too often we validate them and legitimize them too greatly to the point where they start to own us versus us owning our, desti our destiny, our destination, our vision of where we want to go. And literally within a 60 minute coaching session, we just had this awesome pattern interrupt. And he was like, dude, I'm now no longer the leader that I was. I've got to shift that. So we can go into some of that. But that story super, it really resonated with me because I realized this is happening more and more. And now I need to be a little bit more aware of that with other clients to help them wake up and to not let external forces be ruling their thoughts, their words, and their actions. Yeah, that's great. And, and I heard a, a couple of things there and, and all of it really mindset, right? And instead of here's what's happening to me and, and changing that position a little bit and, and the way that I challenge myself or, or try to when I, when, I can, when I can be in the right mindset to even just remember to challenge myself or, or be aware enough to realize that I'm not in the right mindset. And, and that in itself is, is difficult, right? Takes a, takes a bit of humility and vulnerability. But for me, it's flipping things that, that are happening into opportunities for me to succeed, 
So I know that one of the ways for me is I, one of the ways that I am my best self is when I am up against a, a worthy competitor, a worthy adversary. So I have to be challenged, which is tough as a leader because I have to be very, very careful not to compete with anyone who works for me or I'm charged with growing or leading, right? So that is a very inappropriate way for competition to show up. And and I can tell you uh, from failing there in the past, it, 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 is, it is costly. But for me now, if I know that I need to be challenged, I need to have a worthy adversary, I need to compete to be at my best, I need to look at things like this as my competition, right? I need to say, how am I going to succeed in spite of this? Not, I here's the reason I didn't succeed, right? How am I going to show up and be the best leader at home, at work, even though this is going on? That is more of a challenge to me than just a good day, right? So how do I how do I maybe change that that positioning in my mindset to get to my optimal performance level by leveraging what I know about myself and competition? So I think that's important in, in knowing yourself, but also knowing yourself not just how to motivate not just how to reframe in mindset but knowing yourself and 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 what your best self is and what you and and how you show up as your worst self what does that look like what does the workload look like what is it not enough time at home is it not enough wins at work is it not enough time working in in kind of that individual contributor or writing or is it too much time alone, not collaborating, like what do you need professionally and personally to be able to show up as your best? And as that starts to go away, what happens? If the more self-aware we can be, the better we can lead. So in a lot of these external forces, the first thing you have to control is you, because you'll never control the external forces. Totally. Well, it reminds so, me uh, of, of our mindset uh, episode. You just nailed that's it. What I was going to say. If you remember, yeah, the three R's, 80% of that, of that work is recognizing when we're off recognizing when something's there just exactly as you said in different words and then you replace that you reframe it in a certain way you you get it in a place of positivity and power and ownership versus victim bill then you recite that, those words aloud why because the spoken word is 10 to 50 times more powerful than what we think the problem is we think 50,000 plus thoughts a day and so we got a we got a math problem so you've got to you've got to counterbalance that but you you nailed it it's owning our own emotion our own thinking our own process that's the key back to old Captain Jack Sparrow. The problem isn't the problem. The problem is our attitude or our mindset around the problem. Mm. And that that's it. Like there's no problem that's unsolvable. Actually, I I, I lie. The the one problem that's unsolvable <laughs> is the unnamed problem. But once the problem is named, it's solvable. How we think about that problem though is more often than not the bigger problem than the problem itself. Lots of words, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So so here's one thing that, that I want to point out. We've talked about just me sharing kind of what's going on at home and just generally everything I own breaking at the same time just for fun. <laughs> that's one area that, that it happens in life. Like We all have seasons. So that's one area of distraction. Another area mm -hmm. of distraction that Jeff shared was post-liquidity event founder and dealing with that integration like, what do we have control of? What do we relinquish control of? What are the the real lines and what are the 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 lines that can be tested or assumed, which is both a positive and a, and, and a potential drain? Those right. are two very different areas of external forces that that 
you as a founder, you as a, a, a CEO or executive may be dealing with, you as an individual may be dealing with. If you think about that, we're talking about leading through external forces. Those are two of a billion totally. and a half scenarios that you could be dealing with. Now let's talk about the fact that each and every person that reports to you could be dealing with one of a billion point nine of their own. And when we're all slaves to our external forces, then no one is aligned and thinking about how can we move forward. So if everyone has, I don't know, a life and life shows up in in all of these different ways, how do we how do we get everyone aligned? Like when when I know that we have to have trust. Like speaking of going back to episodes like trust is the foundation. A, a cadence of communication that isn't only professional communication, but it also is is anchored on knowing who you lead and making sure that you know what's going on in their life allows you to lead and support them along with that. But that also means that you're carrying more as a leader. So if you know everything that's going on, and let's say that you have five people that report to you, and one of them's building a house, and that's great. And one of them's having maybe their first child, and that's exciting too. And one of them's going through a divorce, and one of them's having financial problems, and one of them has an aging parent, or they, they just had a dog that, that passed away that they had to put down. Those are five big things. And then you're going through something. Well, how do we not make these things about ourselves? How do we, we show up in spite of our external forces, but how do we then model that and align a team? Jeff, I'm going to throw this one to you and, and let you tackle that one. So, so good luck, do good. Yeah. And but, <laughs> this, this is my, this is where I geek out because let's back up a century. When workers were in the industrial revolution and were literally cogs in a wheel, their emotional well-being was almost irrelevant. Could they push the button? Could they package the, the widget? Could they do whatever's needed? Yes or no. If not, you're gone. If so, great. Well, now we have knowledge and emotional workers. We don't have as many physical workers as we did. Now, I don't want to say that we don't, but the majority is much more about what's going on in our, in our mind and in our heart that really is what generates million and billion dollar ideas and that is moving the economy forward. Therefore, Leadership has got to evolve to lead through that. Because you may have just heard Richard talking about each of these personal issues that people may be having. And if you've led people, you know he's not far off. I mean, this, this happens all the time. And you may have had the thought, dude, we're at work. Keep your home stuff at home. You're like, be, be at work and be a professional. And if you can't be, then I'll find someone else. Cool. Welcome to 1932, man. <laughs> like, welcome to, welcome to 1902, even 1972. But, but as our workforce evolves, as the work evolves, and as the, as, the, as the human being evolves, human-centric and heart-led leadership is more critical than ever. Emotional intelligence, more critical than ever. And if we disregard this and get annoyed and frustrated by this, you will be even more annoyed and frustrated when people start to lead in droves. It's just a different worker. And some people say, well, it's too soft. And the millennial workforce in particular, they're so spoiled and they have, they're so entitled. And so they just have options. And so if they question leadership and they question why, 
and they don't get a solid answer, they'll, they'll bail because they have tons of options that didn't exist before. So a little bit of a, of a, of a digression here, but I think it's important because it's relevant to the whole picture of we're leading hearts and minds in a way today that's never really been done in, in history. And it's needed more than ever. And frankly, it's why we feel passionate about this podcast. We see a shift in leadership and we see a need to help leaders lead with heart and mind and to know when it's heart and when it's mind and know with each situation, each person. And so this is a moment where when we're dealing and working with human beings hey, what you, who have personal feelings, who have personal lives, who have personal stresses, if we don't know how to connect with them and care about them versus just being mildly annoyed, if not aggressively frustrated, we're going to have a much harder time in leading. So bit of a soapbox, but I think it's important because I think too often work has evolved, but leadership hasn't. And I think leaders, we can, we can do more and do better at evolving and, and learning and growing. So now to really answer your question, Richard, what, what do you do? When you have, when you have people that they they just had to put down their dog, or they're going through a divorce, or like it happened to one of my clients in the UK, his three-year-old had a significant health issue and found out he now has a lifelong disease, an illness that now he and his wife have to work through and have to give him injections once a week and all sorts of things that just totally rocked his world. Being in hospital for two weeks, and I mean that happens. So how do you leap through it? First, the oxygen mask analogy is very, very strong here. We've got to get our own mindset straight first. We have to let the external forces that are going on not affect us. And we need to see what's happening, own them, and still be able to square our shoulders, breathe deeply, and move through. If you can't and you're unable, take a time out. Very relevant. What did Simone Biles just do? If you haven't followed the Olympics, here's, here's a, a quick update of what occurred. One of arguably the best gymnasts the, the world has ever seen, definitely this nation and the United States has ever seen, and has had the spotlight on her for more than four years, but in particular for this Olympics, leading up to it, look at all the commercials. I mean, there was a whole bunch, it was all Simone Biles, and she is the leader of, of this core group. And her mindset was not powerful. And Olympics were delayed a year. Then there was all, all sorts of other issues with COVID. And think about the mindset that needed to occur to perform at that level. She gets to the Olympics and performs and does a super dangerous, super high level of, of, uh, of a difficulty vault. And to the, to the average person, me, you watch it and you think, oh, no big deal. But then when they replay and say, whoa, the experts say something was off. Watch the replay. Go Google it. When she when she twists, she misses a full rotation. Watch her eyes. It's freaky. It, you can see her head. It just isn't right. And she lands, thankfully, safely, thankfully. And then what does she say? I got to bow out. And gets all sorts of criticism, all sorts of praise, you name it. She's a leader. But what happened? She had to put the oxygen mask back on herself it wasn't there and and her team was looking at her and she had to have the courage and the vulnerability to go guys i can't like this is not healthy and this is not safe can you imagine the courage 
on a world stage at the highest level to have to say, I can't. Dude, it gives me chills. And, and there are lots that are saying how selfish of her that when you're at that level, you shouldn't welcome the leadership. You're going to do some tough things and people are not going to agree and you will get ridiculed. You will get completely destroyed. So be it. She led. She led powerfully. And, but step one, she had to get the oxygen mask on herself first. And until she did that, she couldn't lead other people. So anyway, I, I know I just well, blabbed a lot. Richard, anything you want to share no, that? No, that was, that was great. Well, there is, and it's just to, to kind of drill down a little bit more in what you just what you just said on modeling vulnerability and courage, right? And and you said she had to do these things. What I'm saying is we have to model what we want from our team. Yeah. Now I'll I'll share a, a couple of years ago, Jeff, you 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 kind of were there to to walk beside me during this. My wife experienced some some pretty major health issues and it was it was a very scary time we couldn't figure out what's going on thankfully it was it was something minor but there was an entire 90 day period where we didn't know what the heck was going on and one of the 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 only saving grace professionally was that because i had someone you know walking beside me and, and jeff and, and challenging me and making sure that that I have to, I have to show up. I can't just absolve myself of of my responsibilities here, but I don't have to pretend that everything's okay. The way that that I saw support was I showed up and said, "Guys, I'm going to tell you what's going on in my leadership meeting," and said, "Here's what's going on, and here are the things that I'm going to ask of you over this next season." I'm going to ask for a little grace at this. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. for support in this, and I'm going to ask that if you see me doing this, that you kind of pull me aside and, and, and maybe kind of check on me or, or, or maybe see if I'm over committing. And then went to my business partners and said like, here's, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to ask you that if I'm not able to fulfill my roles that you come to me and you say, maybe you need to step aside for a little while and go handle this. Um, not, not saying this to tout Oh, look at the way that I handled it. Cause I would not have handled that if I didn't have someone coaching and leading me through that. Um, but and why is that? What because I, it's so counterintuitive. It is. Right. You want to hide as a leader. You, if oh. I'm in charge, then everything has to be okay. I have yeah. to be, I have to have the superhuman ability to lead through any obstacle in my life personally or professionally. And that's just not it. That is, that is black boxing. That's hiding. That is, that is, that's lying. Right. And it's not, and it's modeling an inappropriate activity that is, it is a detriment to you and it's a detriment to your company. So what I was able to do there in, in having people kind of coach me through something that, that I wouldn't have done naturally was model the appropriate way to handle with adversity. And now we hold people accountable to that. If something's going on, there has to be a high trust situation because people need to be vulnerable. And they need to be able to share and you need to be asking the questions. But step one in, in any of this is having the courage to be vulnerable, not only because it's what's right for you and the company, but because it's an opportunity to model what you would want someone else to do. Totally. Now, even if you know you've got it under control, if there's something going on as a leader, we have to look for opportunities to model the behavior that we would want from our team, especially when it's counterintuitive. Totally. especially when it's counterintuitive. And that's what adversity gives you, gives you the opportunity to model courage, 
to model humility, to model vulnerability, to model alignment with company, to model hmm. the the acknowledgement that in this season, personally, I may be out of alignment with the goals of the company and ask for help in realignment. That's what that's what you as a leader have to model when you're dealing with you, when you're putting your own oxygen mask on. All right, Jeff. So that's us. What about how do we, how do we walk beside someone? Yeah. So, so when working with external forces, step one, put the oxygen mask on first, go through the three hours of mindset, be grounded, talk to an external person for help, whatever it may be, but don't, don't deny it. Don't avoid it. Don't put up walls because it's, we just won't connect and won't lead. Step two, now how do we give the oxygen to others? And, and you mentioned one already, creating an environment of safety where people can be vulnerable and can open up if and when things are off. When, when you see habitual, when you see someone that's typically a, a great performer start to slip and you're not sure why, and then the consistent pattern happens, 99 times out of 100, something's going on in their mind and at, the, and at home. Something else, is, there's, there's another issue happening. And so we've got to we've got to dig in and be connected with our people. This is where powerful world class one on ones are are hugely important. And, and how how do you do that? My recommendation is at least um, thirty minutes for uh, each week. Some people do it twice a month. I feel like if you're in a fast moving company, that can not be enough. So doing doing them consistently, doing them powerfully to where the one on one is about them, not about you, and not just to check the box, and prioritizing them as what I call sacred time. How do I know it's sacred time? Because it's not always rescheduled. Do a quick little litmus test. How often do you reschedule your one-on-ones with your people? Because, oh, something came up. As I do keynotes and talk with CEOs and founders, I always ask them, how many of you genuinely care about your people? 100% raise their hand. Then I'll do breakout sessions with those pe- the people that those CEOs and founders are leading. And I ask them, how many of you believe that your leader truly cares about you? Guess what? 40 to 50% raise their hand. And then I dig in and dig in. And what I found, that here's the pattern. It's how effectively they, they hold their one-on-ones and how they lead them. And what really was the, st- the, the thing that broke it was how often these one-on-ones are rescheduled. It seems so trivial. But what that message communicates to our team members when we continue to reschedule is they're just not as important as the other things that I have on my plate. So it's all about connecting with people, doing wonderful, powerful one-on-ones. We, we actually have some resources with that that we can share in the show notes as well of how to hold world-class one-on-ones. But then it's creating an environment with the team that they can support each other so that it always doesn't bottleneck to you. Otherwise, leadership can get super tiring and they feel like they can, the only way to get something done, solve a problem is with and through you. Empower a team to let them have enough trust and confidence in each other to go to each other as needed. Because... Frankly, you won't be able to connect powerfully with every single personality on your team. But there are there's multiple personalities on your team that will be able to connect with others a little bit more naturally than others. Level them up. Help them do that. So that's step two. Help help the team with help your team individually and collectively. And then step three of external forces is I like to go through this process. And I like to do a, a simple sheet where I'll go through what are my stressors and I'll just list them, get them out of your head and list what are the things that are stressing you out. And then I'll put an E or an I next to them. Is this external or internal? 
then just because all this does really it's just painting the picture of helping all the all the crap get, get out of our heads, all the stress, getting it clear. And then when you see it, then you go, okay, great. Then I ask this question. How will I choose to respond? Notice the, the wording of that. It's a choice. And it gives you the power back to the situation of each of these line items. How will I choose to respond? And then you can go to, all right, now what are my actions you can prioritize based on what's really keeping you up at night the most? Very simple process, but it helps you delineate between external and internal. And then it helps you take over control of your emotions and your actions to say, regardless of external or internal, I will own this and I will not be a victim. And watch your language, watch your thoughts, watch your actions. But those, that simple process is a great one to do. And I recommend doing that with others as well, where, where possible, to model, back to your point, Richard, a behavior to teach them a principle they can do on their own as they feel you know, constrained or stressed or frustrated. And they realize, oh, wait, I have all the power in the world here to change this. There's no, my hands aren't tied. As much as my ego is telling me that they are, they're not. I have all the ability to change and, and control how, how this will be. Control is probably the wrong word, but affect this because control sometimes can have a, a different negative connotation. But we have all the power in the world to react and respond and to solve the way we choose to. It just requires us to get out of our own head. One of the things that, that I'll say, um, if you're listening to this and you're going, okay, I can do that for myself, but how do I do that for someone else? That's, that's a fair question. Step one is do it for yourself. <laughs> Step two is share your process for when you're in the same scenario. Yeah. Right. I think for new leaders, like when I first started leading people, I thought it meant I need to have, I needed to have every answer. I needed to know right. everything. Right. Or first I needed to know everything. Mm -hmm. Then I needed to have an answer to every question or it was up to me to go in and get the answer. And then what I realized kind of the next progression was it's, it's asking the right questions, right. And empowering and, and enabling the, the solution, not being the conduit for that solution. Right. I, it, there was a lot less me in, involved. One of the, the big deals is how do you position that when you're dealing with other, other people, when you're leading someone through it, if you don't have the answer, you're not a therapist, you're not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but this is a lot of mindset. You cannot position or posture as if, oh, I figured that out forever ago. Here's what I need you to do. Here are some words in transition when you're walking with someone that are incredibly powerful. When that happens to me, here's an exercise that I go through or I, I take myself through. Or here's an exercise that this person took me through. It now, instead of being accusatory or condescending or seeming like that it's pejorative in, oh, you, you have this problem, that's great. It aligns you on the same side of humanity, right? You're a human, they're a human. Humans deal with things. You just happen to have someone who has walked you through a solution to better process this type of problem. That is how you show up and walk someone through this in a way that is powerful. And, and again, models what you would want them to do with their team. Now that can be very difficult or scary for a, a first time leader. And, and again, the, the phrasing of once you know what's going on, let me show you or let me walk you through something that I learned from this person that was incredibly helpful when I was going through this same yeah. type of scenario, right? It, it proves that 
you're human, that you've been through it. You're not, you're not comparing your time going through it with their time going through it. And it doesn't seem like you've just got it all figured out that never happens to you anymore. So being able to walk yourself through this is, is mandatory. The next step is, is walking someone else through it. Right. right. Um, and, and back to just those one-on-ones. And again, there's, there's, there's some resources in the show notes on how we hold one-on-ones, uh, questions, and even a, a, a sheet that you can use to hold more powerful one-on-ones. But when you're holding those one-on-ones, it is a time for you to ask questions about personal and professional. And, and once you know, you have to follow up, right? You have to follow up. You have Definitely. to check in on them. You have to say, how are things going? Even if it is just passive, even if you have to put it in your calendar. So mm-hmm. when you're aware of external forces that someone that you are charged with leading is going through, you kind of have to figure out how do you how do you get their mindset in a powerful place? How do you give them support to deal with that personal thing, the support that's appropriate? But also, how are you just checking in on them? Yeah. Sometimes the only thing that people need to get through a tough time is to know that others are thinking about them. That can be more powerful than any framework of walking anyone through something. Hey, how are you doing today? How is your partner d- dealing with this? Just asking about them and and kind of who I consider to be indirect employees, right? Yeah. The the partners, the the you know, potential children of your team members are indirect employees of your yeah. company. Checking on them will make people feel heard, known, cared about. And, and that's really the most important thing when someone's walking through a difficult time in life. So that's where I would challenge you. Follow these processes, but make sure that you're not just looking for a framework or a strategy. You're, you're following up. You're looking for human emotions. Jeff has said on, on probably at least three of these episodes already, when you're entering in that mindset, what do people need to feel, think, and know? That's in every interaction. Once you once you say people need to feel heard, people need to to know that I care, right? Then what needs to happen? What are your actions for that? How frequently do you need to check in on them? Yeah. And and again, sending sending a card, connecting on if you're connected on a social platform, just saying like you got this kind of thing or whatever is appropriate. But but making sure that you're reaching out and and making them feel supported is a big deal. It's a really yeah. really big deal. Totally. I like how this episode has naturally evolved from external forces to now, how do we lead people, right? I mean, yeah. welcome to leadership. This is the evolution. But but in conclusion, hope, hopefully, one, you feel validated that external forces are real and they're difficult. Two, you feel empowered to know, you know what? I, I, can, I can be better at managing external forces and, and ensuring that I can be a more powerful, more connected leader. And, and three, hopefully you feel supported in, in some solutions of, and some tools that you can use to actually do that. My invitation to you is this. Do an inventory right now of your life and ask yourself, what's the greatest external force that you have given potentially too much power to? That you have, that you have enabled yourself to be a little bit a victim toward because, quote unquote, your hands are tied. And reframe that. Look at what you can do to change that. I promise you, when you reframe difficult external forces and you take over ownership of your emotions and your thoughts and your words and your actions, you will feel so much more empowered and so much more prepared to lead people powerfully. And that's what this is all about, being ready to lead. Not just right now, 
only every day because every day there's a new leadership thing that punches us in the face and it's like, okay, how do I do this again? It's why we're on this podcast. We'd love to hear from you as well. What has worked for you as you've navigated through external forces? What process do you go through? Or maybe what wasn't clear that we could potentially clarify for you? So please send us an email at feedback at readytolead.com. We'd love to hear from you. Richard, anything else you want to share as we close out? That's it. As, as follow that Follow that action plan, do that inventory, but also your mantra is, what am I going to lead in spite of today? Awesome. Love it. Thanks, everybody. We, we love you. We love leaders. We're grateful for what you're doing. Keep leading powerfully. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.